Welcome back to the Wired for Wealth podcast. I am here with Robin McNeil today, and we are just going to kind of go with the flow. We don't even really have a plan for this episode. We're just like chatting. We actually found each other on threads. We had a lot of the same ideas about the coaching industry and the online space. So Robin is a coach, and I'm going to let her just kind of like take it away and tell you guys a little bit more about what she does. Yeah. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I've been a coach for over 14 years now because I actually started outside of this online industry. Didn't know it existed, actually, (laughs) Um, for what, 10, 11 of those years. So it was kind of interesting to find this and, and see that there was a whole plethora of coaches, but I really niched into identity coaching. And I think even more important than that, um, I have become a, an advocate and a mentor for coaches as well and really focusing on coaching mastery. And I think that's where a lot of the conversation that we were having on Threads was, was about ethical coaching, professional coaching, and just making coaching um, something that I would say people will just know that you are hiring somebody who's a professional versus the scam coaches. And I think that that really embodies it. And that's my mission right now is to create a movement of professional, masterful, ethical coaching. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And it's really interesting to hear because I kind of have a similar instance. Like I was working in the financial services industry and I was like, huh, I'm just going to take these things that I'm doing and do them online. And like, I came into the online space, didn't even know that coaching existed. Like I was already a financial coach by like definition. And I was like, wow, there's a whole lot here that I didn't even know was going on. Like, I didn't know this was an industry. I didn't know this was a thing. And I think that that can very quickly almost like indoctrinate you into the Mm -hmm. industry where like, you start with one thing, you have this idea, you come into the online space and you're like, so jazzed, so excited about it. And then all of a sudden, like everyone's throwing all these beliefs at you. Like, it's like niche down. It's like, you have to do this. You have to do that. You have to show up. You have, you know, it's just saying a bunch of like, just beliefs everywhere being thrown at you. And so that can really water you down. Well, and I think, the focus of the industry, if we're being really honest, has been around marketing sales, Instagram, (laughs) maybe Facebook, depending on which area you're in, but it it feels really niche down to that. And, and that waters it down Mm -hmm. where it's like you, you know, business coaching half of, or I would say even more, more than half the business coaches you see out there actually know very little about business. Like if you ask them to go into a brick and mortar business right now Mm -hmm. and help turn the tables on things, I guarantee that they wouldn't be able to do much more than, oh, we need to create a marketing campaign for you. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I've had that experience too, like even hiring coaches where I'm like, okay, I'm in now what, (laughs) you know, like I, I, I need you to take the reins here. I need you to guide me on, you know, this process here. And then it's like, I find out, well, you're actually really just good at marketing. You're not actually good at business. <laughs> you're actually really just good at marketing. And that sucks. Um, so yeah, and that's why I had a lot of resistance. You know, I pivoted from exclusively money mindset coaching to business coaching and branding with an emphasis on branding and money mindset. And I had a lot of resistance for a long time because I was like, I just don't want to call myself a business coach. 
Yeah. I don't want to be lumped in with that crowd, but you know, that was my own shit that I had to work through (laughs) and I did. So, but yeah, I love that take on things. Which I think is good because the industry needs people who actually understand what business coaching is all about, where you have that one section that is brand awareness and it's, um, really ensuring that you understand your brand inside and out because everything else layers around that. Yep. But also the financial aspect of things. Mm-hmm. Like how many people are being told to invest in a coach, invest in a mentor, invest before you're ready, like, and, you know, put it on credit cards and all of this bullshit when that has absolutely zero to do yeah. with running a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you need to be financially savvy and sound in order to have a sustainable business. And yet the messaging and marketing that we see quite often is the opposite of that. It is. It is. And that's my first investment story too. Is like as soon as I stepped into the online space, I was bombarded with all this information and and I just pretty much wound up in someone's funnel. Um and got in the container and that's what it was. It was sales and marketing. And it's like, okay, you're, you're teaching me how to build all of these strategies around something that's not even proof of concept yet. Like that's not even like the message isn't even there. Like, and and so I did, you know, for a year and a half, I built this whole business around this idea that I had without even really making sure there was a demand for the program and the message that I was putting out. So I think that's huge. It's like, it, there's so much copy and paste. And mm-hmm. it's like, you can't, you have to start at the beginning. You have to make sure that that's even like a viable business for you because chances are like so many, com- so many people come into business and they're like, no one else is doing this. And I'm like, that's not a good thing. <laughs> like if, if no one, like it's almost 2024, if no one else is doing this, there might be a reason why no one is doing this because it simply might not work. <laughs> yeah. It's actually interesting. You said proof of concept because my first immediate thought was mm, probably like 90% of those business coaches have no idea what that even means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but absolutely. This, this is the problem. But also if we can talk about this stuff more, if we can present these ideas and people start listening and they start realizing that there are some amazing, incredible coaches, mentors in this space who can actually help you build a sustainable business, then I think we're gonna see a shift away from those people who are just great at marketing to the ones who legitimately should be here for business. Yeah. Cause like I had a similar story to you. I, I um. Well, I even knew this person for a very long time, had tested her coaching, and I think she is a great coach. But when I hired her for sales help, like she's a sales mentor, mm-hmm. she couldn't give me anything mm-hmm. except for energetics, really. It's your mindset. Right. And yet, like, she's really good for doing it herself. Mm-hmm. She is not good for then translating that to another person. Absolutely. And that's, I think, a huge conversation that needs to be had in the online space too, is that there's a difference between teaching and coaching. Mm. There are definitely some times that I am in teacher mode that like I am just straight up teaching you new strategies or new, giving you new information. But the majority of the time, that's not what people need. The majority of the time they need the coaching where you're like helping them figure it out. And I think if we do open that conversation, like you said, we do have to start them because there's room for growth. 
Mm-hmm. And I think we will, we will cycle through. Like there's so many of us yeah. that came in here, like in 2020, like, and, and I came in at the tail end of 2021 to just like exclusively building my business online mm-hmm. and calling myself a coach. And there was pretty much, you know, I hit that mark where it was like the one and a half mark where like everybody had been in business for about a year or about a year and a half. So they were just like repeating strategies, repeating strategies. Okay, do this, do this, do this, get in the Facebook group, build a Facebook group, you know, da, 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 da. and there's no really like depth. There's no clarity <laughs> behind it. Like it's really just like people repeating. So I think that, like you said, those people will start to phase out. Like it, mm-hmm. you have a good runway, but only for a short amount of time, that's not sustainable. You have to actually learn how to become a good coach and a good mentor if you want to stay in this space. So absolutely. I think, yeah, like, and we're, we're actually already seeing that. Um, I think looking at industry trends and what's going on and really paying attention makes a difference because there are a lot of, I would say multimillionaire coaches right now who are downsizing their teams. And they're doing it under this whole shadow of, oh, I just want to have a more simple business. I want things to be better, um, you know, f- have more uh, work-life balance, whatever their story whatever they is call it. today, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but what's really happening is they aren't getting the sales that they used to, and they can't support the team in the way that they used to. And they built this great big team on being a good marketer, being a good seller. And that, and that's changing. And when you're seeing multiple coaches who have had zero problems in the last few years, you're seeing multiple coaches struggling to fill their programs, struggling to pay their bills. Mm -hmm. That's a sign that something's shifting. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of people are like, oh no, nothing's shifting. You know, people are still buying. Yeah. I think people are still buying, but they're not doing it in the way they did it in 2019, 2020, and even into Uh early 2021. Well, also like, I don't like to be that person that says any market is too saturated because I Mm -hmm. do believe that on some level, that's a belief. Like you step into a new industry and you're like, oh, it's too saturated. I can't do it. You know, I think on some level that is a belief, but on a more logical level, we are seeing people drop off. Like I was going through my Facebook mm-hmm. yesterday because I've been, you know, hardcore Instagram girly for like the past six months. And I'm having more connections on Facebook because I'm really involved in my local community. So I run a women's networking group and the bulk of my clients are coming from there, you know? And that's something that yeah. I've been honest about with my audience is like, you don't have to rely on every piece of content or like everything you're doing. Like you've built this business under the impression that all you have to do is put out content and people are going to buy. And it's like, look at millions of businesses around the world. Do you think they exclusively just post content every day and then call it a day? No, you know, they're building connections, they're building relationships. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go try and re-engage some of these people on Facebook and go through my friends list. Cause at the beginning, you know, did the Facebook group thing. And it was like, I got thousands of friend requests. So I was going to clean them up. <laughs> and as I was going through trying to re-engage some of these people, I saw a lot of people dropping off at the end of 2022. It was like last post was, you know, December 29th, 2022. Last post was January. Last post was March. And yeah. 
I started going through and looking and I was like, all right, you know, I'm noticing a trend here. I don't like to be too, too trend focused either. But like you said, if there is a trend, pay attention to it. It's just like market research. If you hear the same themes over and over, see the same things, you know, something is shifting. So I think the people that are saying like, oh no, nothing is shifting. I think it's just another way for them to use scarcity to keep pulling people back into their programs and to say like, Mm -hmm. no, 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 don't be afraid. Like you can still buy my thing. Like people are still buying because if people start noticing something is changing, they're not going to keep investing in the same people. Yeah. (laughs) I think you nailed it, right? Like wholeheartedly. All of that. (laughs) No, I mean, it. But that's exactly what's happening is I think we hear the rhetoric because then it gets their programs filled because they're scared that if they join in in this, in talking about it and accepting that this is a truth, Mm -hmm. that people are going to be scared to invest. Well, people are already scared to invest because there was such an influx. Like I I joined the industry mid 2019. Mm -hmm. So I've seen it shift a couple times since then. There was a shift from 2019 into 2020. Mm -hmm. Pandemic happened. All of a sudden, everybody was coming online, right? Um, And then you saw people go back to work and people dropped off. And then Mm -hmm. in that time frame, though, you had a bunch of people who were really great marketers doing the get rich quick Mm -hmm. type schemes, making lots of money quickly. And a lot of people got burned by that. Yep. So come 22, 2023, people are ready to go somewhere else. They're more discerning. They're already scared of investing. Now you're talking about world economic issues. And it, yeah, it doesn't make it easier. That all being said, there is still a place and a market for most of the people out here. Yeah, absolutely. But you got to work harder for it than you did yeah. before. Yeah, absolutely. It's just the same thing as like real estate. Like mm-hmm. my husband started um, in real estate last year and everybody was like, oh man, you just missed it. Like you just missed the boom. Like if you can stick it out now, like, because there's the same thing happening in real estate. A lot of real estate agents are dropping off because they came in in 2020 when things were bottoming out and they were just making sales left and right. You know, mm-hmm. like they just, they didn't really have to work for it. The leads were coming to them because there were so many people, it was, you know, it was in demand. So I think energetics and mindset to be on a tangent does play a big part in your business. But when you don't look at business facts that business owners have looked at for 50, 75, hundreds of years, <laughs> then yep. you're, I mean, supply and demand, like, basic principle of business. And when you just ignore that, like you're just sabotaging yourself because the thing is, is just because things are shifting doesn't mean your business has to go away, but you have to make the commitment to shift too, like to Mm -hmm. shift with things. Like you have to be willing to grow and change and pivot as the industry and as the world does. And if you don't, then you're just probably not meant to be in business because it's not going to be the same forever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is why I also think there was a huge uh, exodus, if you will, <laughs> yeah, of business owners. Because really, when it came down to it, um, mid-2022 into what we're seeing right now, you, yeah, you have to have an actual business plan, business structure, understand business. And I think a lot of people didn't want that. They wanted to get rich quick, 100K months, whatever it is, right away. Yeah, they got Instead of putting in the work. 
Yeah, they got into it and they got everything mapped out beyond the creativity part of it. And then they're like, mm-hmm. damn, this is actually a lot harder than I thought. Yeah. And now we're seeing people say, you know, that they're going back to a nine to five or that they're going to keep a nine to five while they do their side hustle thing on the side and more power to them, you know? Yeah. Which I think is a great strategy. Mm-hmm. Have consistent income coming in and build Absolutely. your business as you want to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing more stressful than not having a job. <laughs> you know, like I can, I can confidently say that, you know, because I stay home with two toddlers. And so I don't really have the option. Like when things are going bad, I don't really have the option to just go get a job. Mm-hmm. And I will not take that for granted anymore because there's, like you said, something to be said about not having financial pressure. Like my husband and I, we moved I don't know where you are in the world, but we're in the South. So we moved from Mississippi to Alabama in 2021 when I started my coaching business, because I was like, you know what? I'm going to go all in. Like, I'm finally going to do business. Like I'm going to do what I want to do, you know? And then once again, got swept up in the online space, but we moved in with my parents. We were like, you know what? Let's move to Alabama. Let's move in with my parents. We'll save money. We'll take the financial pressure off. We'll build businesses. Then we'll buy a house. And same thing happened, you know, like there's something to be said about not having financial pressure because when we did move out, it was like, okay, now shit just got real, (laughs) real, real. (laughs) There's like some consequences now. Yeah. I, to answer your question, I actually, I live in Western Canada, Mm -hmm. uh, just about four hours North of Vancouver. So the province I live in, British Columbia, is a very expensive province. Like the other provinces, because the um, initials are BC, mm-hmm. and they say that yeah, no, that means bring cash, and it's true. Uh-huh. So <laughs> it's one of those. I live in one of I think it's like the fifth like, most expensive city in all of Canada. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, things are yeah. You, I have to make. Like- I've got to make the business work. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Like the natural consequences come up and we're right there with you in Alabama. We're one of the most expensive counties because we are on the beach. So Uh, along with that comes tourism and demand and, you know, people wanting to move here (laughs) all the time and and driving our prices up because they came here with California money. uh Uh-huh. Yeah, we, we have that same issue. We are a tourist destination wine country we've got a massive lake system it's gorgeous it's hot it's like california weather here and then we we do get four seasons so we do get the snow too somewhere like northern california i guess um but yeah same thing where the residents from vancouver and calgary because we're kind of in between they just all buy up the properties for their summer homes yeah drive prices up it's crazy so as we get back to our conversation (laughs) how Have you personally, you know, you said you've seen several shifts. So how have you shifted along with the, the trends and, and the things that are happening in the online space? You know, I think this actually goes back to when I was a manager. That was something that you almost had to figure out and you had to navigate. There were so many switches and shifts in the market that I was in, um, that if you weren't moving and you weren't moving quickly enough and you weren't forecasting some of these issues, there was major problems. Gotcha. Like you're not going to have staff. 
<laughs> kind of problems um, or you're not going to have programs or whatever. There was a lot of that. So I learned early on that part of business is really forecasting and paying attention to the trends. You cannot stick your head in the sand. And I think that that's what a lot of online business owners do because it's comfortable because they've never had to figure it out or stretch themselves to really um, make it work until more recently. And so um, to navigate those changes, I just leaned into that. I'm always paying attention. I'm always observing. I do like absorb content Mm -hmm. a lot. I don't block people. I don't mute people. I actively look for people with um, alternate opinions or uh, I would say like not so much opinions that are toxic or (laughs) shameful, but just, you know, different ways of doing things so that I can see what's going on in the industry. Um, And then I look for those patterns, just like I saw this pattern recently of a lot of big name coaches actively downsizing their teams and and sending out those messages right that's because i paid attention and i think you know in all of my years i was an executive leadership coach so i was coaching with executives Mm -hmm. um and teaching executives how to coach the one thing that i learned from that is that as an executive you cannot isolate yourself yeah and that's what i see the most of Mm -hmm. You cannot isolate yourself. You have to get out there. You have to have conversations. You have to have discourse. Um, And you really need to be paying attention to what your competition is doing. You Mm -hmm. cannot put your blinders on and put your head in the sand. Mm -hmm. I mean, it works for a while and it works for mindset. And I think that there are applications for it, but you can't do it forever. And if you continue to do it forever, you're going to struggle at some point. Absolutely. It's not going to be sustainable. That longevity is not going to be there. And I do think, like you said, people stick their head in the sand. And I think it's because, like you said, they don't know how to stretch themselves. They came into the online space thinking that like, oh, you know, I can hide behind my computer every day. So it's not going to be as serious as a like brick and mortar business. Like the accountability is not going to be there. And I don't think it's something people do consciously, but I think subconsciously Mm -hmm. that is something that pulled a lot of people into the online space. I know that it was, it was good for me, you know, Mm -hmm. like as a business owner, I was like, you know what, if I could just do things online, like that'd be great. I could just sit here and breastfeed my baby and not have to worry about it. But at some point, like you said, you do have to kind of re-enter the world and take your head out of the sand. And a lot of people confuse that with like not absorbing content. There's that big thing out there about like, put your blinders on. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. And I think it's a little bit misinterpreted because there's a difference between worrying about what everyone is doing or just noticing what everyone is doing. Like there's a difference between just like noticing and being Mm -hmm. objective to the industry and objective to the things. And then there's a difference between like absorbing content to find your silver bullet or to redo your business, burn down your business and do the whole thing. You know, if you're taking it personally, that's going to be, it's going to be a lot harder to pay attention to those trends. Right. And then I like, this is my, I guess, um, big question that I keep asking myself. (laughs) So I'll share it here is then are, are these people really, truly ready Mm. to run a business? Yeah. Even the ones who are making 30, 40, 50, 100K months, I don't care. Mm-hmm. The amount of people that I'm seeing 
same put your blinders on i don't i don't absorb content i don't look at my client stuff like i wonder mm -hmm. it's like this curious thought of really how long they're going to be in this industry for yeah same yeah because yeah. you can't do that if you did that as a brick and mortar like could yeah. you imagine yeah that's all uh, you're saying i'm just not going to pay attention to what my customers are saying and yeah. if they are all out there just, you know, struggling with the product I sold them afterwards, then too bad. You know, as long as I get fresh people in, new leads in, mm -hmm. I sell to new people, then the back end doesn't matter. And yeah. I think we've seen people go out of business that way, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like you. And some people who should go out of business. Yeah, but absolutely. anyway. <laughs> My customer experience is part of business too. And yet, so many coaches lately are really shitting on customer experience. Like they're not, maybe not that, but they're really shitting on their clients or their potential clients by saying things like, you have to be self-led and my best clients are the ones who don't even contact me between calls and they barely even schedule <laughs> calls. And like, what'd you hire me for then? Yeah. <laughs> what are you, yeah. you're just you know, there. Like, you have said like, during this podcast interview, you have said like four or five pieces of content that are in my bank that are like, it, time to let them out. Name. Like, <laughs> it, like it's, it's crazy. We're on the same wavelength, but I agree. Like I have a beef with this whole self-led thing because like, if I was self-led, I wouldn't need you, you know, <laughs> like there's a difference between taking responsibility and, and being accountable for my own decisions Versus saying, I'm just going to lead myself through this whole process. Like if I could lead myself through this whole process, you know, then I wouldn't hire you. I'd just go do the research on my own. And I did a little experiment. I remember us talking about this. I did a little experiment like a month or two ago where I opened up like the flexibility for my one-on-one -on -one container because I was thinking about that. I was like, can we make self-leadership like just knowing yourself and knowing how you like to work and knowing how you like to absorb information versus saying self-lead, you know, don't contact me, just invest <laughs> and then energetically um, just like the world opens up for you because you spent money on me. So I was trying to do a little experiment with that and it didn't, uh, it didn't pan out, not because of experience with any mm. current clients or anything, but just because, you know, it didn't pique the interest that I thought it would. So I think it's just confusing for people. Yeah. I would say try again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely going to have to be a, a recurring thing. Yeah. Because like when I, well, with my clients, it's, they get to choose how they get coached. Yeah. They get to choose how they want support. And, but I still have to be there to prompt them mm -hmm. sometimes. And I still have to be there to give them a little kick in the butt to be like, hey, what's going on? And I think that we forget that, mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter how good of a leader you are, how good of a business person you are, you still need that accountability. You cannot be self-led all of the time. If we could, we wouldn't need anybody. We wouldn't, right? We wouldn't like, have problems to solve. Right. We would all just be going around being like, all right, that's okay. done. This is done. Chat GPT to figure it out. <laughs> right, well, chat GPT. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> a whole other podcast. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm at this point where I feel like the term self-led is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Stop using it. People are human. 
I am an incredibly intelligent, bright, resourceful person. But if you tell me to go self-coach myself, my brain is so complex and there's so many thoughts, like I can't pull them apart to figure out which thought I'm trying to focus on without somebody asking me the questions. Yeah. That's why I have a coach. Yeah. So if you were to tell me like, don't contact me just... And I had a coach actually tell me this quite a bit. She'd be like, I think you need to go self-coach yourself. And I'm like, what the fuck am I paying you for? <laughs> oh my God. The balls on some people, you know? Yeah. And sorry, I apologize for all the swearing, but I get passionate. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. There's a little explicit thing on my podcast. Mm. So just in case anybody curses, just in case I curse. Perfect. It the same thing to me when I get passionate. But Yeah, I agree. And, and like you said, to get rid of the term self-led, I think we could really do that with anything. Mm -hmm. I think if we just sit down to write content and say, why don't I just say who I am? Why don't I just say what I feel and why I started versus trying to sound like someone else in the online space, trying to use the buzzwords, trying to use, you know, the terms that you think are going to get you sales, because there's so many terms that have been kind of just like cycled through like the term self-led it's almost like it doesn't even mean anything Mm -hmm. you know it's like there's so many buzzwords that are just fluff that are just like embellishments in your content and I think that some people know how to infuse their content with just the right amount of confusion that it's almost like people are attracted to it You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? And it's crazy because I always say, you know, a confused mind doesn't buy because it doesn't, but there is like that right concoction of like sexuality that a few people have like Mm -hmm. infused. And it's like, if there's just enough confusion and mystery and sexuality, then people are going to want to know what I'm doing. You know, to me, that is the worst kind of person to invest in. Like, I just, I can't, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but coming into the space not knowing that it is really easy to get sucked into those traps and once I actually studied NLP I really started to realize psychologically what was happening Mm -hmm. and NLP whether people realize it or not they're using it a lot in their marketing and that's what captures people sometimes even if it's not really the essence of their program and so I've started to flip my script and I look at the person yeah. and their skill set, and I also want to know like the how. You yeah. better tell me how we're mm-hmm. going to work together. You better tell me how you take your clients from A to B without all the fluff. And if you can't detail that and describe that to me, I don't think you're a good fit anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. Something that I've learned. Definitely a lesson that I've had to learn too. And it's so funny because people that are outside of the space, you know, their minds are so pure. <laughs> I don't even know, like my husband, you know, the first time that I said I wanted to work with a business coach, he was like, oh, cool. You know, what are her qualifications? Where did she go to business school? And I was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) Um, no. And he was like, what? Like what qualifies this person to do this? And that's why I'm so considerate about what I put in my content because I'm not going to promise you, like, I'm sure my methods could make you a millionaire. Like if you, 
continue, like if you are consistent and you do the other pieces of business, mindset related and networking and things like that, if you are doing all those things, I have no doubt that you could become a millionaire, but I'm not a millionaire and I'm not going to claim to make you a millionaire until I've made myself a millionaire, you know? And I think that a lot of people don't really care about that. Very out of integrity with the things that they say. Yeah, I think. And then on the flip side, it's, oh, well, she made a million, so I can make a million too by working with her. And it's like, well, but. There's a lot of the story, (laughs) though, that's not there. Yeah. Yeah. Building in 2019, 2020 was an entirely different thing, right? Um, So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it moves forward now. Yeah, definitely. So before we wrap this up, maybe give us one or two tips that you would tell, you know, your clients or anyone that asks you about forecasting. How can we essentially start forecasting for our own businesses? I would say like the first one is take it seriously. Mm-hmm. The amount of times that I've had clients come into my sphere where I'm like, okay, do a sales plan for me. And then they've never completed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't do that anymore. We, <laughs> But <laughs> Take it seriously. Create yourself a sales plan. Look at it every month. Look at it every quarter. You should be updating it at all times. And that's the sales and marketing um, are just one piece of the puzzle. Yep. So number two, manage your financials. Mm -hmm. Create a budget for investing. Don't just invest to invest. Create a budget. Look strategically at what kind of support you need. Prioritize that support and then hire it. And then I would say, like, number three, have fun, live life, Mm -hmm. and don't take anybody too seriously. Nobody's content is really that great. (laughs) It's not all meant to be. saying our own opinion. Yeah, exactly. Spewing shit from the mouth. Like, it's, you know, we're all in the same boat here. You don't have to take everything too seriously. If you don't want to do what somebody recommends, don't do it. Exactly. And just have fun with it. Experiment, have fun. And don't take it too seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on here today. I will drop your links and any other links that you want me to include, like to your social channels in the show notes. And I hope everyone kind of got a little bit of a, I guess, kick in the butt to (laughs) go out there and just do what they want and stop listening to the noise in the online space. 